0: So, I'm here with Ed, and we are at the ASMA or Association of Independent Specialist Medical Accountants Conference. And we've literally just finished giving our presentation, which I was ridiculously nervous about. I don't know why. You were pretty cool.
1: No, I was very terrified about the whole thing. Public speaking is not my forte, I have to say.
0: Yeah, so I was over 200 of the best specialist medical accountants in one room I think part of the reason why I was so nervous is because obviously I did the majority of the speaking on this occasion I and mean, normally you do most of it so you've been smashing it recently on our speaking tour we've been world college of surgeons and loads of other places so I kind of felt a bit of pressure to perform but I'm really glad it's over I think it went okay Yeah, no, I think it went absolutely fine, my friend. I think that was good. Yeah, so I thought it'd be a bit of fun. I'm recording this on my iPhone to head out and about and basically catch a load of the accountants and get them to give us their information about what they're talking about. So I'm hoping to catch Rachel Hall and talk to her about pensions myth busting. I'm hoping to catch someone and talk about locum GPs, basis period reform as well. So it's going to be a really random collection of clips and I'm not sure how it's going to go. Apologies about the sound quality. I'm recording it on my iPhone, but hopefully it'll be useful. And also thank you so much for ASMA for inviting us. They invited us. To talk about what financial issues doctors struggle with and so we just talked about that and they're dedicated to helping the profession and it was really great to be invited they do so much work behind the scenes and you're going to hear about some of that really soon and it's also great to be working with like-minded people who are just all working to help doctors improve their financial health so cheers for the invite the medics money podcast helps doctors dentists and other professionals make better financial decisions hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP.
1: And by me, Dr. Ed Cantillow, a GP, but also a Chartered Accountant and Chartered Tax Advisor.
0: This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So, I'm here with Debbie Wood, the chairman of ASMA and partner at More and Smalley, who is with Medics Money. Debbie, can you just tell those of our podcast listeners who aren't aware about ASMA? What is it? How did it start? And what does it do?
2: So, ASMA is the Association of Independent Specialist Medical Accountants. We're a group of like minded firms of accountants who specialize in assisting doctors and GPs in general practice in particular with their financial matters, pensions, tax and accountancy. We formed as an association in 1995 and we are celebrating two years too late our 25th anniversary.
0: Yeah two years too late because the pandemic It is so good to be back face to face and amazing venue and everything. So you know what are you discussing here today at this conference because you all meet up to kind of get better is that right?
2: So a lot of what we do is to improve our own technical expertise, we learn from other experts, we have some guest speakers from all sectors, we like to talk to people who are used to dealing with the coalface, so we have GPs who come and talk to us, we have speakers from understanding the NHS pension and financial planning, we have speakers who look at helping practices become more efficient through technology and so on.
0: Yeah, and you invited me and Ed to give a talk, which we were really scared about, but I think went okay. But why did you invite me and Ed?
2: We invited Medix Money because there's a number of our members work closely with you on various technical advisory matters, and more importantly, we want to help our clients better understand their financial position. And Medix Money is a great source of inspiration to help us do that.
0: Well, I think we were so honoured to come and speak to ASMA. It's such a tremendous organisation of amazing accountants and it's great that you support us. And likewise, thank you so much for having us. I know you've got to rush off to another CPD breakout session right now.
2: All of tax changes that are coming up in 23-24.
0: I might let you give me the summary of that one after you've been, if that's OK. No
2: problem. I'd look forward to doing that.
0: So, Rachel, it's great to see you. Now, we've not been on the podcast for a while, Do you want to tell us why or?
3: Yeah, it's because every time I come on your podcast, I get a massive deluge of emails and just about have a nervous breakdown. But I do love you. You do know that, don't you? (laughs) It
0: it did feel a bit like that. You've been pretty busy. And are we ready to talk about Seven Medical?
3: Yeah, yeah, we are. Absolutely. So I launched my new business at the beginning of this year. One of the reasons why was because I kind of always wanted to have my own brand. And also I wanted to do some of the things with financial advice. So I'm a certified financial coach now, so I do a lot of work on money mindset. And what I wanted to do was kind of blend financial advice and coaching methods To kind of help our medics design the kind of retirement that they want and I wanted to be a bit more focused on goals so we have two parts to our business so we've got the regulated and the unregulated side so we're still providing you know independent financial advice and specialist support services for medical professionals
0: Amazing. I think that's a bit of a trend in the industry, like financial coaching, because it's not regulated advice, but it's stuff that everybody needs to do really to get their whole holistic financial plan in place. So you were invited to speak at the ASMA conference today. Now, give us a kind of high level summary or, you know, what you talked about.
3: Well, what we were doing was we were busting myths. So me and my lovely pension wife, Laura Baller, I'll just give her a little bit of a mention there. Where is she? She's just watching a presentation on PCSE.
0: Wow, me and Rachel were not there for very good reason.
3: Yeah, so we were myth-busting. We hear loads of people come out with things that they hear from their friends. And just because your friend does something doesn't mean to say that you should. So we were looking at the language that people use around lifetime allowance. So people will call it a breach, which means they've done something bad or they've done something wrong. I've filled my pot so I should come out. And actually, the lifetime allowance is basically it's not a breach it's just an allowance so up to your lifetime allowance you get in LTA terms you get 100% of the value of your pension and most people think above that you get nothing but that's not true you get 75% of it so we were busting a few myths we were adopting the persona of Cagney and Lacey so we are now the Cagney and Lacey of the pension world which is exciting times
0: (laughs) I saw your slides as well, which had a bit of Jimmy Nail and Cheryl Cole in there, and they were very popular on our GP course that you talked about, which, again, was just about myth-busting, wasn't it? Because why are you using Cheryl Cole and Jimmy Nail?
3: So I think we need to be politically correct. And political correctness is making sure that we only use famous Geordies as the names in our case studies. So, yeah, so that's a little bit of a homage to our hometown. But, yeah, the case studies that we used actually are really interesting because we were talking about the value of staying in the pension scheme even if tapered annual allowance is a problem. And it is, and it's not fair, and, yes, it is a disproportionate tax. So we're absolutely not saying, and you know, that it's an unfair. But what we are saying is that people need to keep their heads on and you need to think about you still need to buy stuff when you retire. And those things, that money has to be passive. And if you are going to opt out of the pension scheme, what else are you going to invest in? And if you're trying to recreate those benefits on the open market, it's nigh impossible to do because investments are guaranteed inflation linked and underwritten by the treasurer so we were still kind of extolling the virtues of the scheme and one of the things that you know your listeners might be interested in is if i've got a dc pension and it's the value of the lifetime allowance a million seventy three thousand one hundred and i try and replicate those benefits on the open market by buying what we call an annuity and we decide to index link that annuity, I'd probably get paid around about 22, 23,000 a year. And for most doctors with capitalized rights of a million and they're gonna be retiring on around about 40, 50K. So you've gotta think about that as a value and then the other things that we were looking at was people who hokey the pension scheme and how opt-outs can damage future pensions so yeah a lot of mist busting today
0: I think that point about the annuity, because some people think, you know, how good is the NHS pension scheme? And it's really hard to compare. But the annuity is one way. And that comparison that you just said was amazing. Now, you were number five in the podcast all time chart with your introduction to the pension scheme. Definitely worth a listen. You've been avoiding us because we send you way too much work. But I'm going to pin you down when you're coming back on the podcast. Well, you're kind of on it now. But when you come back for a full episode, Rachel, we miss you.
3: I miss you too I would love to come back for another episode so if your listeners let me know what they would like me to discuss we'll come on let's do it
0: we've got a list maybe we should do it after the summer because you probably want a little break in the summer and we always send you lots of mayhem
3: <laughs> yeah do a Q&A let me prepare in advance
0: <laughs> thanks so much for catching up today Rachel good to see you
3: oh it's been an absolute pleasure
0: So I'm here at the ASMA 25th anniversary conference with a podcast regular, Mr. Andy Power. Hi, Andy. Hi, Tommy. How are you doing? Well, we're doing a lot better now. Our talk is over because we were ridiculously nervous about that. We haven't really presented to a large audience like that for a long time, so we're glad that it's over. I wondered, why did you invite me and Ed to talk to
1: ASMA? Well, I think your story is a really good one. Firstly, ASMA are very focused on looking after doctors, looking after GPs and consultants, and it's an accounting network who specialize in that but it's really good to hear from your viewpoint so you gave us a really good bit, just bit about what you've been doing as doctors for the last couple of years and the pressures that you're under at the moment so that's really good but secondly you know, the medics money story is quite an interesting one you know you're very much aligned with our ethos in that we want people to be financially literate and understand what their finances of understand their pensions so your story and what you've been able to do has been really good to get that message out so we hope as an organization we will carry on working with you and trying to educate doctors Yeah, absolutely. Closely
0: aligned there. Now, you've been on the podcast loads of times, you didn't make it in the top 10. But then I think like, you're not really trying to get in the top 10 because top 10 was like Bitcoin, investing, pensions, you don't really go for those mainstream topics, you went for final pay controls, and life as a rural GP. So actually, you have the most amount of downloads of anyone because you've been on, I think, five times now, but you like the niche subjects. But what topics have you learned today at ASMA? Because it's about you know, learning that you're gonna be feeding back to your GPs or your consultants as well. Give us the uh, kind of things that you're gonna be feeding back
1: to your clients. So I think the really important message that partly came out from your talk about your experience in your practice, but also the first session that was about digital, and how that's influencing general practice. And that session was around all the tools that are available now to to make the practice more efficient, to try and direct the patient to the right place, to avoid them having to go through reception, avoid them having to see a GP when another member of staff is more appropriate, to reduce those administration exercises around, you know, postage and station and things like that. So that story about the technology that's out there is really fascinating. And it's gonna be a huge influence over general practice in the next couple of years. And those adopters of technology will survive and they will continue to thrive as practices. Those that don't adopt technology, I think, will continue to struggle.
0: Yeah, I think you know the technology is allowing workflow improvements, as I said, and that's something we focus a lot on our GP partnership course. Now, I don't want to talk about the pension, and you don't want to talk about the pension, but I've been seeing you tweeting a lot recently about inflation and the pension. Do you want
1: to just give us that in a nutshell, or is it too late in the day? Oh, it's too late in the day but yeah the inflation issue is going to be a big problem for gps particularly and what this is really focused on is probably though it's that legacy scheme stuff it's not the 2015 membership it's the previous stuff and the reason why it's a problem is there is a disconnect in the inflation rate and what i mean by that is the inflation rate that the inland revenue use is out of sync with the inflation rate the pension scheme uses so automatically you're going to get pension growth for annual allowance purposes which is just purely down to inflation the way it's going at the moment and the problem is when we come to the back end of this and inflation starts going down which it will do what you will have in those years is zero growth which is great and in fact negative growth in some cases but the problem is the negative growth can't be used it just gets lost so you can end up with some GPs paying tax on growth that they're never really going to see because it's purely just inflationary, which just doesn't seem right. And again, one of the useful things about, you know, ASMR is lots of us feel that way. We connect in with financial advisors. Again, lots on your platform, but a few of them are here today. And it's really great to exchange ideas. I mean, it's going to be a real problem for GPs over the next couple of years, given inflation is going up.
0: Maybe we should call this interview over, but I really look forward to having you on the podcast again and really appreciate the invite. And I hope that our talk was useful to your members. Thanks so much, Andy. Yeah, thanks very much, Tommy. Thanks very much for coming along. I'm here with Abby Newbury. Hi, Abby. Hello, Tommy. Now, you've been threatening to come on our podcast for a long time, and I've had to ambush you at the conference in order to get you on it.
4: And at a very good time, actually, Tommy, because I've just run a really interesting breakout session for locums. Generally, asthma, you kind of think of big practices and the PCNs, but in actual fact, the locum clients, there are so many different scenarios, different complications, that it's really important that all the members are doing what they can to help expectant mothers and those you know salary doctors that are trying to think well, do they do some locum do they do some out of hours how they treat the pension how they treat the tax what happens with national insurance so it's really important so that the members understand as much as they can to be able to look after the locums and obviously we love looking after locums and giving them the peace of mind that they're being looked after in the best possible way.
0: Absolutely, which is why I've ambushed you, because I came to ask you, you know, what are the high level things that you will be feeding back to your clients that, you know, locum GPs need to know? Give me some top tips for locum GPs from your talk now. Not the really technical accountant stuff, but some top tips, because uh, that's why I ambushed you after your talk.
4: Well, the first top tip would be speak to a specialist accountant. Don't listen to your mate down the pub. (laughs) You know, everybody is different. I think the thing with locums is they're people They've got different lifestyles, they might have kids, they've got different family situations, circumstances, different ways of working, they want the flexibility, but with that flexibility comes complication, unfortunately, in terms of tax and pension. But of course, we can sort that out, but we can only do that for them if they speak to us often much better to speak to us before they do something rather than when they've already done it but of course we can help them otherwise but I think that would be my super top tip is that you know locums are actually from an accountant's point of view really interesting but can be quite tricky clients and you know they need to be looked after in the best possible way and understand what's happening because I think that the clients that are most comfortable with what's going on and understand it it means they don't have to worry about it and they can get on and do the day job and they're happy with what's going on
0: couldn't agree more and there's so many things that can go wrong and so many mistakes that that people can make and a big area where we see locums getting confused is around pension forms so can you just give us a brief summary I mean is there a brief summary of the pension but you know
4: again no there's not a brief summary of the pension unfortunately when you are relying on third parties you know you do have to I think the word I usually say to my clients is you just can't assume. Do not assume that your pension contributions have gone and your pensionable income has gone to the right place. You know, you'll speak to doctors and say, well, have you looked at your total reward statement? Have you actually... And they go, no, do I need to? So absolutely, you've got to see because you're passing these bits of paper. You may or may not have done the forms that's a different question but you know if you're paying into the pension scheme it is not necessarily going to go onto your pension record you do not want to have the risk of reduced pension entitlement when you come to actually retire I know it's a long way off for a lot of doctors but certainly if you've got your head in your sand and you're not looking at that you need to be so that's one of the first questions when I'm talking to a new client one of the first questions I ask is have you actually looked at it and unfortunately in a lot of circumstances they say no you know we help loads and loads of doctors with their pension forms they're a bit of a nightmare. I tend, you know, sometimes if you're doing only a few ad hoc locums, I'm not sure it's even worth actually trying to figure out the locum A and Bs and worry too much about pensioning. Certainly if you've got a salaried role that you're happy in is being pensioned already. But yeah, pension forms, use a specialist if you need to. Ask if you need to. Any accountant, certainly an ASMA accountant, will be happy to explain and support you when you're looking at these forms. They're vital. Keep copies that's the other thing you know we'll often get so the PCSE or pension agency will say well hang on we haven't got that well, say, well we've submitted it three times well we still haven't got it you want to make sure we've got a copy
0: Absolutely, yeah. And we're really grateful to your support of Honey Barrett. You're one of the first firms that came on menix Money. I'm actually looking for Liz to ask her, like, why she thought menix Money was a good idea because she joined. Have you seen her?
4: No, I haven't. She was running the statistics breakout session for ASMA, which is a whole different question and really, really helpful when we're looking at GP partners uh, and their practices and what we can do to help them maximise their income. So I think that was a great session. But yeah, I suspect she'll be around here somewhere. I won't say she'll be at the bar because that would get me into trouble.
0: <laughs> I already looked at the bar and she's not there, so. <laughs> so, thank you so much for your time, Abby, and really look forward to having you on the podcast proper, where I think we should do something about locums in detail.
4: Oh, perfect, Tommy. Thank you so much. And thank you. I think what you do with Medics Money, you know, it's so important. We try, you know, to get in front of locums, and actually, it's so important that they speak to people that know what they're doing to look after them. And I think what you're doing is a real sterling job with you and Ed.
0: Well, it wouldn't work without experts like yourself. And as you say, it's just about getting the right information in front of our colleagues so they can make the right decisions.
4: Absolutely, Absolutely, Tommy. Thank you.
0: So I'm here with Andy Burwood, who podcast regulars will know. But Andy, you gave a talk today, which unfortunately we missed because we were rehearsing our talk and we were really scared. So give me a high level summary of what you discussed and what you're going to tell your clients when you get home.
5: Okay, so the podcast, not podcast, got me thinking about podcast now. You're obsessed. I am obsessed. It's spending too much time with you, I think. So the talk today was on mergers and super practices. I was nervous as well beforehand, but once you get going, it's all good, isn't it? So lots to talk about. Direction of travel is definitely collaborative working and larger entities from a more corporate perspective, given the fact that GMS and PMS funding has only gone up by 3%, but inflation is now at 9% it's not surprising that practices and business owners need to diversify. So, absolutely. So, what would you say to people
0: that say, look, my practice is really small and I get really great personalized one-on-one service because that's what a lot of patients would say
5: I think if your practice is sustainable at the moment and you haven't got any fears over succession then that's great but you've got to look bigger picture longer term what is the direction of travel for primary care and it is larger entities
0: yeah definitely and it's all about keeping your clients at the forefront of that you've been to a lot of talks today can you give us any other take-homes for our listeners because a lot of the stuff is very technical not relevant to us really but some kind of take-homes for the doctors to do
5: yeah so the big one to watch out for is basis period reforms. If you have a year end, which is not either 31st of March or 5th of April, there are changes from the 23-24 tax year, which is going to see an advancement of tax, which you can spread over a five-year period. But inevitably, there will be significant AA charges for those members in the pension scheme to watch out for as well. So planning ahead is really, really important.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you talked about that extensively on our GP partnership course, and we look forward to seeing you there soon. I know you've got to rush off to your next session. So thanks so much
5: for catching up with us today. That's great, Tommy. Thanks so much. Nice to see you again.
0: So hopefully that was useful. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And new episodes are released every Tuesday. Thank you so much for the whole of asthma for inviting us here. It's great to be working with the very best specialist medical accountants in the business and all be working together to help us doctors to make better financial decisions. See you on the next episode.